The following podcast is mostly a work of fiction. Names of people, businesses, characters, places, and incidents appearing or mentioned in this work are either by products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously for entertainment purposes only. Any resemblances to actual events, names, locales, or real persons living dead or fictitious is entirely coincidental. The llamas, however, are real. I will try and interrupt you to make it difficult to edit. Because I find that amusing. Now, you see how I timed that? Just, she was taking a drink. You know, I do have controls and I can put you on mute. Can we find our way out of this uh, maze of rabbit trails? Embrace the rabbit trail. So, I'm sorry my that my interview has put your butt to sleep. <laughs> you are listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy another exciting episode with your hosts, Aaron, Josh, and Liberty. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidell, your producer and one of your co-hosts, and this is episode 69 of our show. Today, we are delighted to have with us Paul D. Smith. He is the author of Jason and the Dragonauts, and he uh, happens to be friends with a couple of our former uh, guests, uh, C.W. Breyer and John Burrell, and that means that he lives in the town that I cannot pronounce, which is Binghamton, New York. Maybe I actually just got that right. Hmm, we'll have to see. Anyway, I think you'll enjoy our interview time with Jason, uh, with um, Paul. Sorry, it's not Jason, it's Paul. Jason is his character. And uh, we discuss on this show writing for your kids, creating dragons, Dungeons and Dragons influence on his writing, how to not plagiarize, and, you know, things that Aaron wants to read about. Uh, you'll have to hang on and find out what that's all about. Uh, we also ask the important question, does the TARDIS have a loading bay? What do you think? Do you think you could get something really, really big through the TARDIS doors, or is there a loading bay somewhere? You'll have to see how our discussion plays out on that. In other news with LDK, um, we are evaluating all of our entries for the contest with Laura Van Arendonk Bach, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll have somebody announced, um, hopefully by the 1st of October or so. So stay tuned for that. Um, also upcoming on the show, we have already recorded episodes with Andrew Winch, H.L. Burke, and Steve Fairchild. And uh, this weekend, we will be interviewing E. St Stephen Burnett about the debut uh, magazine, Lorehaven. So if you have questions about Lorehaven, if you have questions for E. Stephen Burnett, uh, be sure to pass those along to our Facebook page. And you can always ask questions of our upcoming guests through that portal. We are hoping eventually to do a live uh, recording session. So also stay tuned for that information because we should be having something come up pretty soon and you'll be able to ask questions live. So that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I think that's about all we've got going on this week, but I hope that you will enjoy our time with Paul D. Smith and go che check out Jason and the Draconauts. I'm sure your middle grade, your young adult kid, will love this book, especially if they love dragons. Ooh. 
Welcome to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidel. I'm Josh Hart. And I am Lord of the Squirrels, or will be as soon as the USPS delivers some cardboard. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on the show, we have Paul Smith. Paul lives in upstate New York with his wife and two sons, where he works with, and I he works with emotionally disturbed and mentally ill children. He earned a master's degree in social sciences from Binghamton University in 1999, which I probably just butchered the name of that university name because I cannot say that <laughs> word it's at all. Bingham so. It's Binghamton. And, you know, John Burrell and C.W. Breyer have, have corrected me horribly when we have them on. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I cannot say it. So Paul is a lifelong lover of science fiction, fantasy, and superhero stories with influence, influences his writing. His last piece of fiction was a popular weekly online series that generated over 20,000 views. The Jason and the Draconaut series is his first published work. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, and thanks for being so patient on getting on the show. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, my word, the technical difficulties. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. For our listeners, this is our third attempt over the last three months to try to get Paul on the show. So we're very happy that we finally made this work. Yes. They say third time's a charm, right? I think that's what they Something. say. Yeah, that Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's hope we don't get hit by lightning. And now I feel We like to start the show off with three rapid-fire questions. What is your name? What is your quest? And what is your favorite color? My name is Paul Smith. My quest is to hopefully write words that other people like to read. And my favorite color, I would say it has to be blue. Or in the blue family. <laughs> All right. So tell us about Jason and the Draconauts. So yeah, Jason the Draconauts um, is a modern fantasy. I think some people like the term urban fantasy. I prefer modern. Um, that kind of addresses the topic of dragons returning in the 21st century. And so it is a uh, mixture of like magic and technology and action and humor and suspense and very cool dragons and teenagers and all those stuff wrapped up into a story. Cool. So by Tolkien, it isn't a story worth reading if it doesn't have any dragons in it. That's absolutely true. <laughs> yes. See, I was um, actually having a conversation about urban fantasy and contemporary fantasy last night. Um, is yours in a, like an urban setting, or is it more just it's in present day? That's yeah. I, I would describe it's in present day because it's definitely not an urban setting. Um, okay. but, it, but it's set right. It's set right in the twenty first century. Okay. Yeah, because Amy Brock McNew and I were having that discussion last night, and we've had. Cassie Carroll in on it, and that sounds like a contemporary fantasy. Just for, you know, Amazon stuff, you might want to keep that in the back of your mind. Oh, sure, yeah. So. Yeah. And what made you write this book? 
Well, a couple, a couple of things, really. Um, first, yeah, you described my online serial that I wrote, and a lot of feedback I got from that was, boy, you should really write your own original work because um, of the positive feedback I received from it. So that was first, and really, but really the main thing was I wanted to write something that I could read to my kids and that, you know, kind of encapsulated my love of, of dragons and fantasy and, and sci-fi and all that sort of thing. So those were really my two main influences for, for writing this series. Nice. Being cool. able to read something to your kids is always a good thing. So Yeah. It is. We try to read to that. And I mean, my wife's much better at it than I am, but uh, we try to, yeah, we try to read to them, you know, fairly regularly, even though my oldest is 13, he still likes to get read to every now and then. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, yeah. And my kids keep asking when can they read my books? And I'm like, mm, yeah, I, I write for the adult market. <laughs> Sorry. It'll be a few years. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, what was the best part of writing Jason and the Draconauts for you as the author? Oh my gosh! Um, you know, I getting to really create my own dragons because they're all like birthed out of my brain cells. Um, you know, there, there's so and 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 in it was researching you know all the different dragon lore that exists out there and kind of handpicking and choosing the elements that I liked. So that was that was a really fun creative process doing that, and you know, you know, mm. that sort of thing. They're they're looking at their biology. What do they look like? How are they different? That's all that stuff together was a lot of fun. Nice. So, uh, do you have a favorite character, and if so, who is it, and why are they? Oh boy! Oh man! It's like it's making you pick your favorite child. Um, so, I mean, I gotta say, I gotta say my favorite human character in the books is Jason, the, the title character. He's just, he's fun to write. I kind of feel like I have a handle on his voice. Um, there's a couple, I think maybe a couple elements of me and Jason. Um, but, and then there's, there's a couple of the dragon characters that I really, really enjoy writing because they have such distinct and, um, my dragons are, very intelligent and they speak they're smarter than people and so finding those voices and and you know the you know getting to write those haughty things that i would never say in real life but uh having a super intelligent dragon saying those things is a lot of fun yeah really who's gonna argue with the dragon that's absolutely right yep that's awfully yeah. arrogant ah! <laughs> <laughs> It puts a different spin on uh, the wise old mentor type character when you have a snarky dragon doing it, huh? Yeah, and a snarky dragon that's 30 feet long. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would do it. Yeah. Nobody's going to argue with him. That's right. So what's something the readers of Jason and the Dragonauts would be surprised to know about either you or the book? Yeah. Th so I was thinking about this question. One of the things that when I first started, like, conceiving the story and and wanting to use dragons so i i'm a i grew up playing dungeons and dragons um i loved the dragons in what was then the tsr world you know the the the, the metallic dragons and the chromatic dragons so i actually wrote to, i actually wrote to wizards of the coast who owns D D now and asked them if i could use their dragons um in my books and I was met with a categorical no. 
So, um, <laughs> so, um, so that actually forced me in a good way to, to create my own species of dragons. And um, so, yeah, that was a very interesting uh, little tidbit that happened before the books even started to be written. Well, that's actually kind of cool, but I mean, you at least reached out companies. to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thinking about it, I mean, I don't know if you can trademark the term red dragon, but I mean, you, uh-huh. guys, you, you guys all know fantasy readers. And if, you know, if, if it looks like I ripped off somebody's property, I lose credibility right there. So right. I, yeah. had to, I had to create something of my own. Right. So, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, technically, I don't think you can copyright an idea or a term or something, but if it's totally obvious, I mean, right. you're going to know. Right, yeah. right, absolutely. Well, an important thing to remember there is they can hire better lawyers than we can. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, definitely. And that's not to say that D&D dragons haven't influenced my dragon designs. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, but it, in the end, it was a good thing because it made me create my own. Yeah, yeah, that's always a good thing. Yes. So you said that you set this in a contemporary setting. Um, do you think it had to be written in present day? Or, you know, if you had dropped this in medieval England, how would, have, would, it, have, how would it have made the the story different well i think because i'm i'm in the books i'm blending technology and magic together okay. i felt like um you know it's it, it's a big part of the story uh you know it, it kind of you know to to use an analogy it's the idea of um uh captain america coming back into modern times you know uh they wrote stories about him in world war ii but we we know the Captain America today as existing now and his, um, his kind of fish out of water journey. And I yeah. wanted, and that was something that was important to me. I wanted to take that theme, that idea of being a fish out of water of, of um, you know, having to learn a new way of life. So I feel like for the story I'm writing, it was pretty vital to have it in present day. So are the, Dragons in your stories more along the lines of Captain America, where they were like, you know, in hibernation in a way for centuries. Or um, well, um, uh, boy, how do I say that without giving spoilers? Um, Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, but now I want to write a story about Captain America riding a dragon. Yeah, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it? Oh, that would be amazing. Um, so I, what I will say is that the dragons in my story are the dragons that you would have met in medieval times, and yet they're here now. Okay. Ooh. And and they haven't aged. So how's that sound? Ooh. Makes sense. Okay. I. I I want to read Captain Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) That's my that's my theory. Have you not read the book? That's my theory. It's all Kirk's fault. (laughs) You know, it wouldn't surprise me given how many uh, temporal violations he has. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, we could easily throw Doctor Who into the mix. I mean, what would keep Doctor from doing this? True. Yeah, Um, you know, he generally tends to help people instead of you know accidentally screw stuff up. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, Doctor Who would have the TARDIS, and he has unlimited time, uh, space in that thing. He could get the several dragons in there. Yeah, but you gotta get them through the door of the TARDIS, don't you? I, I think it's yeah, kind of like there, the chimney for Santa. Is, is there a loading bay in that thing? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. 
He backs a forklift out of the TARDIS. That's funny. <laughs> I want to see this now. I sense a whole new story of fan fiction coming up right now. It, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, so, uh, can you give a spoiler-free uh, synopsis of your favorite scene? So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two. So in the first book, um, there is a very fun battle scene I wrote that involved uh, helicopters, Ooh. and um, then the second book, and I and I on on a more sublime note, there was something that something sad happened at the end of the second book, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. as much of a challenge that was for me to write, I really feel happy with how it came out and I, and how I captured the emotion of the situation. So it's not a favorite scene that, Oh, this was a fun thing to happen, but I felt like I, I, I felt like I did a good job with that. Okay. So do you, a follow up question uh, that we've never asked before. Um, do you prefer writing the happy scenes or the sad scenes? Um, you know, I, I feel good when I've struck a balance between the two, you know, um, because I, I, I really want to develop characters, but at the same time, it's a book for, you know, aimed at middle grade, early high school. So it's gotta be fun and there has mm-hmm. to be action. So yeah. if I yeah. feel like I've, I feel, if I feel like I've captured both of those, then I'm happy. I like that answer. You, you mm-hmm. can't have it all happy and you can't have it all sad either. Right. Right. Agreed. Well, you can, but then you get more into slapstick, but, you know. Right, right. <laughs> it's an interesting thing that you had to Google or research in the course of writing this book, and did the answer surprise you? Um, Dragons aren't real. Spoiler alert. Ah, no. what? What? That's just crazy. Um <laughs> uh, Well, I, I talked about helicopters. I had to research... Uh, military hel- helicopters and i wouldn't say the answer surprised me but i was i was afraid the black choppers were going to come to my house like what are you doing? <laughs> looking up military stuff um and then I mean, re- clancy could do it you can do it <laughs> that's right and then re- researching the main villain uh was informative to me and that's all i can really say because that'll be a spoiler if i talk more about that okay cool so and kind of on that note is anybody seen that uh video Going around on Facebook where they sync the camera shutter speed to the helicopter's rotation. Oh, that is super that, cool. That is. Haven't seen I have not yet. seen that. Oh my gosh. It looks like this helicopter is kind of hovering with the blades standing still. Wow. It is bizarre to watch, and it takes you, you got to do some mental gymnastics to figure out what's <laughs> happening. That's what's really going on. It was neat, <laughs> You'll have to make sure that one gets in the show notes, Aaron. Agreed. Yeah. So. We have uh, changed up our weekly geeky question, and we have done a dice roll, and we rolled a three. So we want to know tonight, Paul, what character from all of Specfic would you most like to go on a quest with? So I have two answers. The first is... We're only going to give you one. Oh, no. Well, crap. (laughs) (laughs) You can do two it's right. two fictional yeah. characters now have to fight to the death. <laughs> so, so the first is Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. 
because I would just okay. die. I would just die out there in the wild by myself. So if you were with me, I'd feel fine. The second and even the better answer is the Dragon Draco from uh, the Dragonheart movie. Oh, that is. oh, oh! That's an awesome answer, and yeah. one we've never gotten. Yeah, you know, a dragon with Sean Connery's voice. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Oh, yeah, true. And he, and going back to the D and D thing, he is a silver dragon. So, <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he's actually what like the main inspiration dragon for most of my dragons. Cool. Um, now, now I'm picturing all of your dragons having different accents and all of the good ones are done by Sean Connery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so are there any authors that you would recommend? Um, well, I mean, the, the classics like, um, you know, Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, um, who I've been reading lately. I, I, I enjoy Brandon Sanderson. Oh, yeah, he's good. Um, I loved uh, Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. So, uh, now, about I, that. I haven't read that yet. Oh, my I gosh. Been meaning, I think I've checked it out a couple times from a library, and I just haven't finished are reading. You, are you all kidding me? Come on. <laughs> that, uh, so if you're, if you're at all a fan of 80s geek culture... You will love this book. I have heard very good things okay. about it, and I've been yeah. wanting to yeah. It for a while. yeah, it's it's on the list, but the list is ever growing and ever changing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I think I've listened to the audiobook three times now. Nice. Ooh, I might have to get the audiobook then. Oh, and Will Wheaton narrates the audiobook. <gasps> oh, oh even better. <laughs> so, it's like okay. it's like you were just immersed in eighties culture for I don't know however many hours, and it's fantastic. He's pretending yeah. to, you pretend it's his character from the guild reading the book. Oh my I, gosh! I want to. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I want to. I really want to get the audiobook of him reading red shirts. Oh, oh I haven't heard, heard that. No. Oh, did you hear that one then? He did John Scalzi's red shirts, which is <laughs> so awesome. Nice. But I haven't. I haven't listened to it. I read the book, but I haven't listened oh, to I the, get the audiobook. The audiobook yet. See, see that. Like, it's perfectly fitting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, it. I mean, it's a little bit um, vulgar, but it is extremely oh. hilarious. That's awesome. So I think I've recommended that to, like, five of our guests now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, get, get the audiobook for Ready Player One. It's fantastic. I will definitely put that on my Audible uh, wish list. I think I'll buy some audiobooks to me. <laughs> Hey, you've, got, get home <laughs> you've got like a 40 hour drive to Realm Makers, Aaron. You're going to have to have something. There you go. Uh, Aaron, you're up next. I was going to say, where were we? We got off on a fun little rabbit trailer. 11. 11. So, what's up next for you, and when can your readers expect to see it? So, what's up next for me is book three in the Jason and the Draconaut series. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, I'm hope, I'm hoping to launch the Kickstarter this fall. Um, so anybody listening, you know, stay tuned for that because um, all the support is appreciated. Um, now, my hope was to have the book ready by Christmas, but I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen. So probably the very early 2018 uh, Regenesis will come out. 
good to know. And we can yeah. uh, we can try and uh, pop that up on our Facebook page when uh, the Kickstarter is ready and stuff. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, we remember to make calendar events for all this stuff that we're supposed to remember to put up. <laughs> Well, just be yes. sure to message us and let us know. So. I definitely will. Yep. So, um, where can our listeners go and find out more about you? I'm so, yeah, the internet. Yeah, that would be a great place to start. Um, <laughs> no, I have a Facebook we page. Stalk him at his address. At. <laughs> I have a Facebook page. Uh, That'll be in the show, show notes. There you go. So yeah, you go to Jason and the Draconauts on Facebook. Um, that's where I post most of my information. I also have a Goodreads author page. Um, so you can look me up there. And the books are on Amazon as well. Oh, great. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com or send us a tweet at ldkpodcast. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1 by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. This means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Have fun storming the castle!